passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. For the best seats and tickets at the best prices, go to SeatGeek and use promo code HARDKNICKSLIFE for $20 off your first purchase. It is a hard Knicks life. This. It's a hard knocks life. Right. It is a hard knocks life. This is episode 48. In the early 90s, I and many others fell in love with a team that embodied everything our city stood for. The toughness, the heart, the fight. But we've fallen on hard times, and we went from throwing the punches to taking them. The New York Knicks are irrelevant to basketball. Hey, Ernest, why are we showing the name? (laughs) Yet through it all, my commitment hasn't wavered. I watch every game hoping that one day, just maybe, that team that didn't back down from anybody, that team that shook the garden every time it played, that team that I fell in love with, returns. But until that day, it's a hard Knicks life. Barry! What's up, Craig? I know, I hated that. I never know how to say, hi, Barry. No, I'm just going to fucking say it. Hi, Barry. What's up, Craig? How have you been? I've been great, man. It's been a good couple of days. I've been feeling good. Yeah, guys, we haven't, me and Barry haven't spoken to each other since the draft because we wanted to save our reactions to each other for right now. So, it's been hard not listening to you, Barry. Or speaking to you. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. But yes, we wanted our first discussions about what took place on Thursday night to be right here on this podcast. That's right. How are you feeling right now? I finally got a Knicks hat, dude. I've been wanting a Knicks hat for like a year now, and I could never find one that I liked. So I like finally went into the into um, a lids with the specific intention of finding my new Knicks hat, and they had. Oh, like, I gotta you know, get a new hat. They had like over twenty of them, and I. I I, I thought I was going to strike out, and uh, like we were running late to go see a movie, and I had like a minute left. And then I finally found this one on the rack. I put it on. I got, you know, the, the thumbs up from the, the, the employee at the shop. And uh, <laughs> Wait, well, yeah. hold on, hold on. What do you mean you got a thumbs up from the employee? Well, at first she asked if I wanted help, and, you know, I shrugged her off and said, no, I'm fine. Just, you know, just looking, just looking. And I really couldn't find one, and then... Then she came over again, and I said, yeah, I'm looking for a Knicks hat. I was like, I don't think I could pull off the flat brim. And then she said, <laughs> how about these over here? And, uh, yeah, I tried it on. I liked it, you know. I've been wearing the same Syracuse baseball hat for, like, eight years now. So yeah, every Knicks hat I fucking put on my head, it looks horrible. 
I'm going to tweet you a pic right now because I'm psyched about it. You're taking this in your bathroom right now? Yeah. All right, it's on its way, dude. I sent it to the wrong place before. Oh, my goodness. Barry. What? <laughs> what? That is It's just a weird angle of you. Well, I know. It's a strange angle. <laughs> I don't think Hold it on. I'm gonna put. I'm going to put this up on Twitter. Oh, fuck you. It's going to be hashtag Barry got a new hat. <laughs> All right, Barry, enough about your stupid fucking hat. Let's get right to it. Yeah, let's get on with the draft talk, dude. With the ninth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Kevin Knox from the University of Kentucky. First of all, Barry, before we even get into whether or not we like the draft pick, yeah, why does Adam Silver have to say Kevin Knox like that? Did you pick up on that? Play it again. Listen to this. The New York Knicks select Kevin Knox from the University of Kentucky. <laughs> He's like, the New like York Knicks big, select Kevin like a, Knox. Yeah, like it's a big shock. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Like we all haven't, that hasn't been rumored for days now. Yeah, it was one of the big names that was going to go, you know, at this, somewhere around this, this point in the draft. I mean, Adam Silver's feeding into the whole narrative that the Knicks don't know what they're doing and that he, he's trying to get, is he trying to get the fans to boo at that point? Dude, you could be looking at this all wrong. He knows he's in New York. So, I mean, he could have been saying it not like he's surprised, but like he's excited and he wants to get like everybody in New York excited. Like, here's your new guy. But obviously we know it didn't work out that way. Right. Here's the thing with that pick. For a few days before that draft... I don't know about you, Barry, but it seems like everyone was saying that Kevin Knox was going to get picked by the Knicks, right? Yeah. Well, except for the day before. The day before, there was all those rumors about how they may move up and, and try to get uh, Bamba. Right, right. But that was all—that seemed very far-fetched. Right. Because the Knicks just didn't have the assets that other teams had. So I settled into the Knicks were going to pick at 9, and they were going to take Knox. And I was excited about that. But then, of course, the day of the draft, the draft starts happening and Doncic gets uh, traded to Dallas. Trey goes to Atlanta. And then Chicago ends up taking Wendell Carter. The Cavs take Colin Sexton. And I don't know how many people thought this would happen, but at nine, the Knicks had their choice of pretty much all the available wings. Right, they could choose between Mikhail Bridges, Miles Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., and Kevin Knox. So, Barry, did any part of you think that there was a chance that we were going to take Michael Porter Jr.? Well, here was my draft situation. I was looking forward to watching the draft all day long. I set my DVR for 7 o'clock at night, you know, in the morning before I went to work. I didn't get home from work till 8.30 at night. Right. I'm super psyched. I kicked my wife off the TV. She's got to watch TV on her iPad. Get her the fuck off of that TV. I start watching the draft. And, you know, the first half hours, I'm like walking on the green carpet and all this bullshit. So I fast forward. By the way, what was she watching? That I kicked her off? What was she watching? That's a great question. It's not coming to me. Oh, uh, no. I was going to say the Devil Wears Prada, something like that, because she watches that every time it's on. It's (laughs) mind-boggling. Anyway, so I fast forward through all the introductions and everything, and I'm about a half hour in, and it stops because... The fucking Optimum, I guess, has it going from 7 to 7.30 and then another, you know, duration from 7.30 on. And I only selected it to record 7 o'clock. So now I'm freaking out. Oh, Barry. I, I give Jordana. Mistake. I give my wife my phone. I said, Jordana, I said, go on my Facebook. There's got to be a live feed of this draft somewhere. And I'll just, you know, catch that live feed and I'll rewind to the beginning and I'll watch it because I want to watch it play out. So she's having a hard time finding it. I go on my phone to try to help. 
And same thing. I, I could get it live, but I can't rewind. So then I was like, all right, let me go to like the NBA app. Maybe they have it and I could stream it from the beginning there. Sure enough, the first thing that comes up is the headline, New York Knicks draft Kevin Knox. So right away, <laughs> I miss the whole draft. I see them pick Kevin Knox. It kind of ruins it for me because I wanted to see how it played out. I wanted to be in the moment. Uh-huh. So then I had to kind of recap. So I kind of saw the draft live from like the ninth pick on. Uh, I'm sorry, from like the 10th or 11th pick on. And I had to go back. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was pissed at first. And then afterwards, I was like, you know what? Whatever. That sucks. Yeah. So so going back to your question, I mean, it's really hindsight putting myself back in there. Do I? Th- yeah, I would have. I would have, you know, been curious if they would have picked Michael Porter Jr. But I mean, even going in, we we said this a million times: how many red flags there were with him. We knew there was a, you know, a potential problem. And and when you really weigh the risk reward, it's really not worth it. You know, maybe worth it at fourteen at that point. But when you still got guys like Kevin Knox in there that are studs, it's it's right. just not worth it. I mean, there were red flags before the draft, and then there seemed to be red flags that just kept coming and coming. Yeah. Rumors of him failing physicals. And then just the fact that he keeps dropping, you know something's up. Yeah. I mean, and who are these people that filled up the Barclays Center that just, how clueless they are? That's another thing we want to talk about. These fucking boos. Kevin Knox from the University of Kentucky. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, this is... Zingus dudes are going thumbs down. I think now wow. they may be trying. That may just be a good luck move now. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's much more. A little mini chant for Michael Porter Jr. there. This, like, crying. Oh, my and God. And then this one fucking kid with his dad. That was the same kid when we drafted Porzingis, so I guess it's going to become a thing now. But he's got that look on his face like he's about to cry, his arms flailing in the air like, oh my God, the Knicks just picked this guy. Perry, it's not like we picked some European that no one's ever heard of instead of, you know, the next Michael Jordan. (laughs) We picked a stud 18-year-old kid from Kentucky who's got a ton of potential over... A guy who might not even play next season. In my mind, if they did pick Michael Porter Jr., there should have been just as many boos that we heard that they got for drafting Kevin Knox. Because there's more to boo about. Listen, ESPN, you know, they just put it in their show that after the Knicks pick, we got to go to the booing fans. And then they have that camera square on the fans with that red light coming on. And the fans are just like programmed to boo. That kid was going to boo no matter who they picked. If they picked Michael Porter Jr., he would have went nuts. The rest of us at home would have been like, no. Oh, man. We would have just been uneasy for the next 12 months. Have our entire future hinging on Chris Snaps and his knee and Michael Porter Jr. in his back. Would have been great. I mean, let's, let's just boo the shit out of that not happening. Yeah, I mean, look at it. The Clippers had two picks. And, you know, you would have thought, okay, maybe they would have taken a chance with Michael Porter Jr. because they got two back-to-back picks. That was and, shocking. Yeah, and even they didn't do it. Come on. Well, Kevin actually heard them saying that they want Porter, but how do you feel about that? You like that, right? Yeah, I like that. That's motivation. Uh, a lot of the city wants Porter, but I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get to the organization and try and win some games. All right, tell Knicks fans what they're getting in your game. I mean, you're getting, a, you're getting an all-around type of player. I'm very versatile. Uh, coach Vizdell is a, a player's coach. Uh, he's going to use me around the court. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, uh, he, he loves players like me, players that really can do pretty much everything. And so I'm really looking forward to it. 
Now, Kevin doesn't turn 19 until August, so you're the second youngest player available in this draft. How do you see your game growing over your career? I think that's to an advantage of mine. I mean, I'm just going to keep getting better and better. I'm only 18. I got a lot to learn, a lot to learn. So, I mean, I'm going to be able to play for a great coach, learn from Porzingis, learn from some other veteran guys, and it's going to keep getting me better. All right, I think Spike Lee's in the building somewhere. You might want to go introduce yourself, young man. Definitely got to introduce myself to Spike Lee, course out every game. <laughs> he's got to be right. full of adrenaline at that point. You know, oh, just he's like, pumped up. You know, yeah, totally. I mean, everything he says is great, obviously. And uh, it only gets better in the following days to come. I mean, this kid is a, uh, I mean, I'm stoked, stoked for the season. Were you, I'm sure you, like me and most Knicks fans, have been watching endless amounts of Kevin Knox highlight videos. Yeah, absolutely. What I see in his highlight videos is a guy who can obviously score from three. He's got a great little floater inside when he gets in the lane. You know, he definitely is a little raw offensively. Needs to probably get more aggressive when he's going to the bucket, but he can run the floor. He's athletic. Yeah. Yeah, he's not afraid to take it to you. He's afraid. I think he. I, there's a seems to be a little fear in him in the half court taking it to the rim. You think so? From what I saw, whenever he gets inside in the half court, it's like a floater. And most of the highlight videos I've seen, he doesn't really go strong in the half court to the bucket. But it seems to me like he can take you off the dribble. He can shoot from three. He's long. They say he still might be growing, like Frank Nilakina might still be growing. So right now, he's like 6'9", but could get up to 6'10". Seems like he's going to fit in nicely in that three position for us. Yeah, three or four. Um, I mean, he has been vocal about, you know, probably his biggest weakness, which is on the defensive side of the ball, which, you know, obviously he's going to work on. Um, he's got the coaching staff to do it. Fisdale's brought in all these de developmental guys to do that, to work with him on it. Um, but I just, I love his passion. There was a interview um, from Steve Serby, a columnist for the New York Post. Did you see that? Yeah, great stuff. It was a real in-depth interview. Just awesome about, you know, his the competitive side of him that maybe you didn't know or you couldn't tell because his demeanor, you know, is always almost soft-spoken to a certain extent. But, yeah. you know, when, when he talks about playing, he, he talks about the bright lights. That's why he went to Kentucky. That's why he's looking forward to playing in the Garden. He talks about, you know, enjoying getting booed as right. much as he enjoys getting cheered for just so he can silence the crowd if he hits Yeah, I have that right here. Serby asks, why do you like big games so much? Answer, I just love the crowd, the screaming, the yelling. I love the booing and stuff like that. That's kind of what I live for. That's what I like. I love that. And that's what you need in New York. Do you know his dad was a professional NFL player? Yeah, I think he played a season for the Cardinals. Yeah, and so from like when he was, I think, three months, or maybe it was three years old. Three years old makes more sense. <laughs> his dad was throwing him the football. If you're throwing your kid the football at three months old, I mean, he's not going to catch that shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> he's just, just going to go hit him in the face <laughs> over and over again. But anyway, since like he was like three years old, his dad was grooming him to be a quarterback. Right. And he was successful at it. I think he was in high school playing quarterback. But then all of a sudden he shot up to like six foot five and then just kept growing from there. And they eventually switched him to football. He actually didn't start playing organized basketball until he was 15. It's crazy. And so... A lot of people talk about how he needs to get tough, but him and his dad keep talking about how he was brought up to be tough just because he was playing football all those years. Right. So I think there is a toughness to him that will probably come out at some point. And, I mean, he's got, he's got high expectations for himself. Oh, yeah. Did you, you see know, the, uh, the question uh, what his goal is, his first goal? Yeah, yeah. 
Rookie of the Year, baby. That's yep. I mean, what else do you want to hear? That's right. He said Rookie of the Year. That's going to be on my wall in my room. That's what I want. That's what I'm going to work for. He has a piece of paper above his bed. I don't know where that bed is, but it's going to move now. <laughs> where right. he just wrote he wants to win, win Rookie of the Year. Barry, yeah, when did he's... he fucking when did he write that? He must have just wrote it. I don't know. But he says, yeah, he says every time he wakes up, he wants to look at that. This way he knows just what he's got to do. He, I mean, he, and then he went on to say he wants to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, this kid's just set, you know, the highest. It's totally uh, unexpected because, like, he looks very shy and timid. But then he talks and you're like, holy shit, this kid wants to be great. You know what else? And, and not to go back to Michael Porter Jr., but Michael Porter Jr., is just not uh, is just as confident, if not more, but comes off super cocky when he talks. This kid comes off Michael super Porter respectful. Michael Porter Jr. comes off like a dick. Yeah. Well, Knox comes off super respectful, super humble, and yet still extremely confident about what he thinks he can do in the NBA in, his, in only his rookie year. Well, what's you know. special about Knox is he knows that it's going to take a lot of work, and he's willing to put it in. Michael Porter yeah. Jr., when he talks, he's like, I'm going to be an, an immediate star. Right. And you're like, you're not going to be an immediate star. You can't even play next season because you're back. Yeah. Knox told Steve Serby, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, what 18 year old and 19 year old has even the balls to say that. But again, when he says it, you appreciate it, you know, and and, and you could see the humbleness in this kid. I like it. The other great question Steve Serby asked was favorite meal. (laughs) Chicken Alfredo, Barry. Yeah. You like that? You like that answer? Who doesn't love chicken Alfredo? What is that, like the, with the cream sauce? Yeah, it's like the white cream sauce, that cheesy cream sauce. I mean, who doesn't love cheesy cream? But the Knicks night didn't end there. We pretty much had a late first-round pick. We had a pick number 36 early in the second round. I don't know about you, Barry, but once you get past, like, 15, I don't know anyone. Yeah, I mean, the pool is so deep at that point that it's impossible to know who's—I mean, to, to, to decide who you're going to pick. You right, know, but you still stick around, and— The Knicks end up picking Mitchell Robinson out of Western Kentucky. With the 36th pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select Mitchell Robinson from Chalmette, Louisiana. The Knicks seem to be receptive to getting the big fellow who never played in college. Jay, what do you think? Well, another guy, 7'4", wingspan, arms forever, mobile, athletic. Really, Mitchell Robinson is a, is a first-round talent. He's got natural ability, a quick leaper that can block shots. Uh, the only question is, you know, what's his motor like? Is he going to play hard all the time? Is he going to find consistency? Uh, he's a bit of an unknown. I love that pick. Me too. I didn't. Did you know who he was before? No. No. no, I didn't know who the hell he was. I never heard of him. But then you look into him. He's seven one. Seven foot one. He's a freak. They say he's from Western Kentucky, but he never really played at Western Kentucky. We basically just picked a kid out of high school. Yeah, he was the only player in this year's draft not to play in college or overseas or in the NBA G League. The only one. And I love that. I mean, you're talking about he was a McDonald's All-American in 2017. ESPN had rated him as the number 11 overall national prospect in the class of 2017. Right, and he was the number three center, right, behind yeah. Aiton and Bamba. I mean, this guy, again, we said he's 7'1", his wingspan is 7'4", his standing reach is 9'3", and I mean, you, you watch film on this guy, he's crazy athletic, but he's got a weird story. He first committed to Texas A&M, then he decommitted, 
Then he commits to Western Kentucky. Right. And it seemed like maybe he was following Rick Stansberry because Rick Stansberry was an assistant at Texas A&M when he had first committed. And then he went over to Western Kentucky to become the head coach. And who is Rick Stansberry? Is that his like uncle or something? No, Godfather? I'm going to get to that. So at right. first it looked like he's linked to Stansberry because when Stansberry switches coaching positions, he switches schools. But no, it's Shimon Williams, who was not only his mentor, but he was also his godfather. Now, Shimon Williams was hired as an assistant coach under Stansberry at Western Kentucky. And then he resigned as the assistant coach on July 3rd. Well, a few weeks later, for a reason that was not provided, he was suspended indefinitely by Western Kentucky for a violation of team rules. And did it ever come out what that violation was? No. No, it never came out from anybody at Western Kentucky. He's never divulged what that was. Um, And at that point, he pretty much couldn't go play for another team because he had already started his summer ball with Western Kentucky. So, but... But he was basically content with sitting out that season. Right. Um, you know, right. NBA just, coaches and NCAA coaches were trying to get him to wait a year and then choose another college team to play with. That's right. But he just said, fuck it. I don't need college. Yeah. It just, he just said he didn't want to play at Western Kentucky and he would be okay transferring or sitting out the year. And sat out the year he did. I mean, the guy hasn't played organized basketball in a year since high school. I mean, he sat out. He really sat out. I, I saw a report that he hasn't even played a pickup game. No. Is that a weird to you? Is this weird That's to really me? weird. I get the itch to play pickup games. And I you know suck. What, you know what this pick reminds me of? It reminds me of Blue Chips when Nick Nolte finds Shaq in a small gym <laughs> in Louisiana. And, and it's so funny because Robinson's Yeah, but Louisiana. Shaq is playing... But at least he's at playing this underground three three gym, <laughs> right. sweating, and playing on those rims with like uh, padding around them. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Padding <laughs> and, and chains. Right. Well, this is like the same thing, except we're finding Mitchell Robinson just like laying on a couch in his basement. But that's why I love this pick because it's so out of nowhere. You know, you're taking a chance, but again, I mean, this is a chance you want to take. There's no medical injury. That was not the reason he sat out. You know, no medical history with this guy. I mean, this is just a diamond in the rough. Right. And, I mean, you watch some, like, this guy's a freak. I mean, I know it's against other high school kids when you watch those highlight videos, but it's just awesome. The, the, from blocking shots to the way he dunks to his stride, you know, there's that video of him going basically from the other side, the, the three-point line on the other side of the court, taking one dribble, two long strides, and dunking the ball. It's just, it's just unreal. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just as excited about this guy and the energy and excitement and just like the highlight reels he's going to bring to this team as I am about Knox and the, the, the uh, performances he's going to put on. Yeah, pretty much all I know about Mitchell Robinson is he can fucking fly. I posted a photo today of him dunking, and his eyes are like at the rim level, and his elbows are at the rim. And the ball's like two feet above it. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, think about it. When you have a standing reach of nine foot three, you basically just have to like, I mean, you don't even have to like bend your knees to jump up to slam the ball. <laughs> but dude, those, those high school videos, uh, you know, with Mitchell Robinson, I can't get anything from them. Right. <laughs> They're, first of all, on most of the highlights, he's like taking step back threes. Yeah. And I, that's not going to be his game. In the NBA. Well, in this league with guys like Joel Embiid and, you don't. I mean, at least you have that as a threat if you need it. You know, you'll see. You'll see what his game's going to be. Woj said after the Knicks picked him that he thinks in two to three years, Robinson is going to be as good as Aiton and Bamba. I mean, how about that for a statement? If that pans out. 
And how about looking through the looking glass to this team two, three years down the road, you know, when they have the money to add, you know, another superstar to this team. And then one you year have down a the road, Barry, one year down the road, yeah. we'll have the money. Yeah. I mean, aren't these enough? What's the word I'm looking for? This is enough hopes and dreams and just stuff you can you can feel and taste. It's enough to get me through a losing season this year. You know, yes. if that's what this year is, which it most likely will be. I mean, I right. see some some people talking on like, oh, you know, I think we actually have a chance to run for the playoffs, which I think is ridiculous. But all these little things falling into place. And I think the front office has been doing an amazing job. I mean, we got to give them a ton of credit. You know, I, I obviously you can't you can't put a grade on the draft yet. You know, obviously you have to wait what happens the next year or two. But you can obviously say if you're happy or disappointed with it, you're entitled right. to that opinion. And I love it. I love Listen, the Knox last, pick at nine. I love the Mitchell Robinson pick at 36. Listen, last season was a waste. Hornacek was trying to get all the wins he could, and he was only able to get a few. He wasn't playing the young guys enough. This year, there's hope. You're right, because Fizdale is all about development. He picked a coaching staff full of guys who are great at developing young players. He's just recently said that these young guys are going to get every opportunity to play. They're gonna, he's just going to let them swim. So this season is exciting now. Because we know we're going to see Frank play. We know we're going to see Knox play. We don't know if Porzingis is going to play. I think he's going to be back sooner than later. Barry, a little birdie told me, I'm not going to tell you who, that the Knicks organization is so feeling so positive about how Porzingis' rehab is going that even though we've heard all this stuff about how he might miss this next season, it's not looking like that anymore. They're expecting to be back this season. That's great. And I, and I don't want to hear from people either, oh, that's a mistake. Not because they're worried about his health, but because they want to you know, lose as many games as possible to tank. Come on. Your, your team's in the works. Don't be so concerned right. with your record. Listen, get do the fuck out of here. If do. he's ready to play, he's going to play. And you're going What's... into a season that you're going to sign a superstar. You've got the cap space. The pieces are falling in place. People are finally, I believe are going to want to come to New York, don't be so concerned that you need to get a top three pick. All right? If that happens, it happens. But this year was the year we wanted to do it. We got a great prospect in Knox. Be happy with that. Don't look to tank from day one of this season. Enjoy your Knicks. Enjoy the growing, even if it's growing pains. Enjoy it this year because finally there is sunlight on the other side of the fence. And the other thing for next year, Barry, is that the NBA totally changed the draft lottery system. If you're the worst team in the league, you don't any longer have that much higher percentage of landing the number one pick. It's right, much they more them, even. Right? They group them in sets. Right. It's much more even down down the list. So the Knicks don't have to be the second worst team in the league next year to get a high pick. We'll have a decent chance if, you know, it's just that shouldn't be our focus next year. If we were going to do that, it was going to be this year, not next season. But anyway, I was saying that now we have got so many young guys in our roster, and we have a coach that is going to be playing them. Did you, do, you, do you know the ages of these guys, Barry? Yeah, I Listen do. Listen to this. This is right now. Right. Knox is 18. Nilakina is 19. Robinson, 20. Moutier, 22. Kristaps, 22. Troy Williams, 23. Dotson, 24. Baker, 25. Nobody cares about Baker. Trey Young. Trey Young. Trey Burke, 25. <laughs> Fuck. Trey Burke, 25. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Ennis Cantor, 26. We got a couple vets still, like Noah and uh, O'Quinn, who recently said he's going to opt out of his Knicks deal. But uh, that's a young team with a lot of athletes, and that's going to make this season so bearable. 
Another young guy we just signed, Alonzo Trier out of Arizona. He's a guard out of Arizona, Barry. As a sophomore in 2016-17, he was second team all-conference in the Pac-12, and then he was named the most outstanding player in the Pac-12 tournament that season. Do you know a lot about him? Yeah, I know the main stuff. I know about his suspensions. We got Christian coming on the phone. He is our friend. Right, Barry? Yeah, yeah, good friend. Right, went to Arizona, has been living in Arizona ever since. So we're going to get him on the line right now. Hello? Christian. Yeah. It's Barry and Craig, your good friends. How's Arizona? It's hot. Is Alonzo Trier hot? (laughs) Oh, you're getting right into it. Let's do it. Do we want to catch up with Christian before we get into it? Well, we don't want to know about the weather. Since I'm approaching 40 now, I figured I'd be like, oh, let's do the old man's response. Go straight to weather. Straight to weather. It's the old man thing to do. I like what the Knicks did. I'm a huge fan of this uh, two-way contract. I think it was the only way to really get him. And he's an exciting player. He needs to put up, definitely put on weight. He's really, really tiny. But an exciting shooter who everyone at the who everyone here in Tucson was a huge fan of, despite the fact that he had a couple issues with suspensions. Yeah, yeah. Get into that. What's that about? Uh, 2016, his sophomore year, he uh, accidentally took performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> accidentally. Was that the drink? Yeah. He unknowingly took, took an performance-enhancing drug. So uh, he was suspended for... What was it, 19 games that year? Yes, and he, that was a drink he said his uncle made for him that just happened to have... His, his stepfather. His stepfather. His stepfather, yeah. A sports drink concoction. And then he was suspended for 19 games for having one drink of some concoction. Because he tested positive. So once you once test positive, you get suspension. Right. Um, and they wanted it completely out of his system before he was able to play again, which took 19 games. Uh, which also led to the only reason that he came back for a junior year to play again to try and prove himself and to become a higher draft pick. Problem was, 2018, his junior year, he tests positive again. He appealed that, though. Yeah, his, his, his lawyer says it was, and, and the NCAA agreed that it was, it was trace amounts that were still in his system from the first time. So, so there's that. Right, so so hold on. You said that he was suspended 19 games. He couldn't come back until it was out of his system. So didn't they test him when he came back? You would think. And he was clean, but then there were trace amounts that came back again. Yeah, supposedly this Osterine stuff can sit in like your fat cells and not show oh, itself yeah. till a certain time, even when they test you for it. How big of a drink was that? <laughs> I mean, that's all bullshit. He was taking that stuff. <laughs> Do you concur, Seriously. Christian? I mean, you, you're a little bit closer to the situation. I do not. Well, I mean, he, he, he definitely... Christian, what are you going to get banned from all the restaurants in Arizona? Why are you being so weird about this? I'm not being weird about it. I'm telling you my, my own opinion. I think that he definitely he definitely took it, and I think that he probably knowingly took it. But I don't think he took it a second time to where it's in his system in, in 2018. Right. Okay, so we're going to give him a pass on the second one. But we're going to say we're not, we're not buying the whole story about the first one. So when he came to Arizona for the first time, was he like a top recruit? Was he one of their you know, best young guys? Yeah, he was, a, he was a five-star recruit. And everyone was really stoked about him because the, the, the one position that Arizona could always uh, recruit is guard, right? You had McBibby, you had Damon Stoudemire, you had Jason Terry. So, so 
Arizona is really known for, for pulling in point guards. And, and TJ McConnell, TJ McConnell's another point guard from here. It was really high hopes. And then when DeAndre Aiden came, came in, we were supposed to win the national championship. But then shit hit the fan. DeAndre Aiden with the FBI investigation and John Miller. Like the, he's never, he, he's played only one full season. Let's go back to Trier here in Tucson. 33 games is the most he's played in the season, which was this year. And then he had the, he had the suspension his, his sophomore year. He had uh, an injury his freshman year. So he had the, the wrist injury his freshman year. So he is definitely injury prone, which is which I'm skeptical of. Is Alonzo Trier going to make it in the NBA, or is he going to keep drinking drinks? Good question. I think he'll make it, and I think he'll be a great two guard. He's a great shooter who can actually penetrate and occasionally uh, dish out. So I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him. He's exciting. Uh, someone I heard someone on ESPN the other day before the draft happened said he would be the steal of the draft, which got me stoked. I think he's great for the Knicks, and especially not paying, overpaying him for in case he doesn't achieve anything. Right. He went totally undrafted. Is the only reason because of the PED thing? I don't think he played enough for them, and and there were too many questions with the with the broken wrist, and not really playing a full season until this year. Not even necessarily he wasn't even supposed to come back to the junior year. I think that they were questioning it that way. Like we haven't seen a lot of him, so we'll question it that way. But the PEDs may have come in through. Was the broken wrist on his shooting hand? Uh, yes. And the broken wrist he came back from and played, right? Yeah, yeah. And he continued to shoot well from three. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is a broken wrist? That's not like a, it's not a knee. Yeah, but if you're babying it because of a past injury, I mean, that's like the primary, you know, articulation in the shooting, you know, in the shooting motion. Barry, anything else you want to know about Alonzo Trier? Mm. That's a no. What a, that's a no. <laughs> you know, I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> hmm. What's his mom look like? You know, we saw Luka Doncic. You know, uh, she was a looker, his mother. Have you gotten eyes on the uh, on Trier's mom? I honestly don't know. I don't even remember seeing his mom ever. Barry, what the fuck? <laughs> Nobody cares about Alonzo's mom. Oh, man. Is, is Barry into uh, Nick's player's mom? If he is, we're pretty much never going to get a Nick on this program. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying if Trier's mom and Luke Cornett's mom were both standing next to each other, who am I going to approach? All right. Enough about fucking moms, Barry. Yeah. God. All right. Thanks for coming on, Christian. Okay, bye. Later. That's going to do it for the show. All right, I couldn't. I can't. What are you doing? Why? Is that disrespectful to anyone? It's disrespectful my to wife? our players. It's, I don't care about your wife. Hold on. Hold on. Christian just texted me a, a, a photo of lots of cheers, mom. All right. Don't keep your comments to yourself. Such a scumbag. You can email us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Twitter at hardnickslife. Or you can call us on the hardnickslife hotline, 516-33-MESH-1. Right. Barry is so proud of the fact that he was able to figure out something that those numbers spelled into. I was trying to crack some type of code. We got 33 for Ewing. We got mesh for the mesh nets and the hoop. And shorts. Shorts are mesh. That's true. And then we got a one. Why do we have a one? Chris Childs. <laughs> Some big dates coming up. June 29th, 
Cantor's got to decide if he's going to be in or out. July 1st, start of free agency. And then, dude, Summer League, July 6th. Yeah, can I put out, like, a little PSA like we kind of did with the training videos? Let's not get overhyped by the Summer League stuff either. Oh, shut the fuck up, Barry. We're going to get hyped up for Summer League. You know why? Because we're going to see Mitchell Robinson play for the first time since he played in high school. Yeah. We're going to get to see Kevin Knox. Nilakina's going to come back, and he's jacked. Dude, that's, it's time that's to get hyped. Great Summer League is fucking about. awesome. Look at like Damian Dotson's numbers from last year, though. He, was, he like shot 48% from three. And, and not even like taking a couple of threes. Like a ton of threes, he shot 48%. All right, listen. You know? we, can all not, we can all not get excited about training videos where, we're, where our guys are playing against five foot seven white guys. But let us have Summer League, Barry. Don't be such a fucking negative Nancy. Okay. All right, guys, it's a hard Knicks life. And don't get excited about Summer League. Barry says it means nothing. I didn't say not to get excited about it. I'm just saying don't put too much stake in it that this is going to foreshadow what's to come. Right, just, the, let's let's just NBA all season. fucking watch some baseball. That's exciting. You can watch it. Just don't hold it. Whatever. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.